daisies blooming. Welcome to Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. You counting down or counting up? And I hope that you never decide to set me free. The way you're moving. Arthur Jonathan Price wrote this line in a book entitled Put That in Writing. Tone is the hardest part of saying no. You got to say no to some things in order to say yes to other things. It's just a slightly more clever way to express the truth of setting priorities, and that really is kind of the subject today. On this episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, it is episode 20, season 2021. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here, coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. You know, some priorities are easy. God and family. Well, it's easy mentally, but it probably is more challenging in reality sometimes. You know, we can say that God is first. He deserves to be. He demands to be. That's different than actually putting God first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Lord said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. These things being the things that you need to sustain life. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. And Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Putting God first is not politically correct. But putting family first, that often is, always seems kind of strange and odd to me. It's not that I don't love my family. I do. I love them very much. But nobody's family is nearly as powerful, as helpful as worthy as God. I mean, if you're going to come in second only to God, that seems like a pretty lofty position. To me, family's important. You know, we often make these declarations, though, that we don't always back up with our actions. I'm thinking of Walter White on Breaking Bad. You know, we can often declare that we're doing this for the family, and yet the thing that we're doing is damaging our family. But we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. Self-deception is easy facing reality, especially when it's contrary to what we most want to believe. That can be really, really hard. If setting priorities, if that were easy, 
there would be no books, no articles, no podcasts, no seminars, no courses on time management. They wouldn't be necessary. But time management advice is it's in volumes and volumes and volumes, and it continues to produce new volumes of information and teaching and data and research and tips and tactics and tricks and hacks. And yet time management advice, if you look at it, and unfortunately I have, especially in preparation for today's show, is ridiculously basic. I, I can boil it down, create a to-do list, prioritize things, and establish deadlines or timeframes to get the thing done and avoid distractions and establish a routine. I mean, there it is. What is that? Create a to-do list. That's one. Prioritize things. Two, establish deadlines or timeframes to get the things done. That's three. Avoid distractions. That's four. And establish a routine. So those five things, I would say, encompass probably 100% of all of the time management stuff that is taught. Yeah, go ahead. Just PayPal me a thousand bucks and consider yourself trained in time management because you now know these five things. The hard part in all that is you, as you look at that list, create a to-do list. Well, okay, well that ain't hard. Prioritize things. Okay. Well, right out of the gate, we're, we're stumped. We're just stumped figuring out what is most important. Okay. Avoiding distractions. That's hard too, but nothing is as difficult to me as figuring out what matters most right now. Okay. God matters. Family matters. And yet when my tire blows out, this stupid tire becomes a priority. Yeah. It's a very brief momentary perhaps priority, but nothing else much matters until I can get that tire replaced. Now that does not mean that God takes a back seat. It certainly doesn't mean, well, my wife no longer matters because now I've got a flat tire. If a blown tire can disrupt my overarching life priorities, then it is easy for me to understand how hard it may be to figure out other things that take up my time. And it may be time that I no longer need to devote to a thing. It may be time to say no. It may be time to say goodbye to some things. We read, we know about these words, flow, zone, in the zone, element, being your element. These terms are synonymous with that place where we, that place where our natural aptitude and what we most love, where they intersect. That tends to be, we're in the zone. We're in flow. We're in our element. There is a third point of intersection though, that I don't know if it's always in play, but boy, it's usually in play. There's natural aptitude. There's what we most love. And then there is success, success. And I don't find personally, I don't find any of these three things easy to figure out, but let's think about it. I mean, the place where our natural aptitude, that it's not always easy. The thing that we most love, that ain't always easy. And where there's success, well, that certainly isn't easy. What are you naturally good at? Finding out our natural aptitude, it, it seems like it would be easy. I don't know about you, but I have not found it to be easy at all. 
you know, yeah, of course, I suspect that that could easily be a personal problem. Uh, maybe it's just not the wisest way to view things, but for me, it is easier for me to think about what am I able to do easily? What, what just comes easy for me? Mostly because I enjoy it, but that may not mean I'm good at it, right? I mean, it, it could be something that's easy for me to do, but I could still do it poorly, even if I enjoy it. I don't, but I see other people who do enjoy things that in some cases they freely admit, I'm not very good at it, but I really, I really like it. You know, there's a confusing situation whenever we see somebody who is really good at something, but they end up saying no, they end up quitting this thing that they are so good at. I often use Barry Sanders, NFL running back, as an illustration. There's a kid from Wichita, Kansas that goes to Oklahoma State and ends up at the pros, admittedly on a really bad Detroit Lions team. And I mean, when he should be really hitting his stride professionally, he's like, yeah, I'm done. I think about REM, the band. Now, you can insert here whatever favorite story you have, whatever favorite example you have of somebody who quit doing something that they were very good at. Maybe they were even great at it, but they just they quit. They didn't want to do it anymore. Something that appeared as an outsider appeared to be reasonably easy for them. They were certainly successful at it, so it had two of the three things. They had the natural aptitude, but what they most love. I, well, evidently they didn't, or they would continue to do it. They had natural aptitude. They had success, but they didn't love it. I, I can't relate, but that clearly happens. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. This is a common refrain. I hear this a lot, but I also hear this even more common refrain. I know I don't want this insert whatever this is. It's just another way of looking at things from different directions. It's like running towards something versus running away from something. It's why the title of today's show, it's like counting down the minutes until we can stop doing something versus counting up the days until we can start doing something. You've been reading about this great resignation yeah, me too. Where, you know, where people are quitting their jobs, opting to just find some other way of life. Well, it has experts perplexed. So there's no wonder why I am so puzzled by it. I, I read about this thing almost daily and I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around what exactly is going on. We're talking about millions of people who have just opted out of working and I get that people can have some savings and I get that some people got some quote unquote stimulus money because of the COVID thing. But I, I am wrestling with trying to figure it out. And my curiosity is driving me completely crazy because I would like to figure this out. I would like to figure out what, what is the, what is this cultural phenomenon that we are experiencing probably for the first time ever in the history of the world where so many people are just opting out of working, period. And I also completely understand there is a movement in America toward socialism. I don't happen to be fond of it, 
I'm a capitalist, but I'm just trying to make sense of all this. I know this much. It seems that people are not measuring job satisfaction or happiness by what they do on the job. In spite of the fact that for years and years and years, that's what's been preached, you know, find something that you love to do and do it. What today people at least are reporting the vast numbers of surveys and things that I have read, people are measuring job satisfaction, job happiness, not by the job and not by how they spend their time on the job, but rather by what opportunities their job affords them to do other things. And so it may be that employees aren't quite as engaged as many employers want to believe, you know, employee engagement, that has been a buzzword for at least 20 years. Most workers might be counting down the time. They may be counting down the days research would is evidence that they probably are until they can get off work until they can go home until they can do something else. Counting down the days until the weekend, counting down the days until vacation, counting down the hours until five o'clock, counting down the time until they can run away and start doing something they really would like to do. Other than this, you know, folks are now anticipating as I hit the record button today, they're anticipating the holiday season. And so people are counting down the days to being with family over the Thanksgiving holiday. And of course, then we know that Christmas comes and then new years. And we used to mark our calendars, our physical calendars, which does anybody have a physical calendar today? No, I don't. I don't. Sometimes my wife will buy some, especially we love white West Highland terrier dogs. And so she'll buy a Westie calendar just mainly for the pictures of the dogs. But we used to have these physical calendars that would hang on our walls and our offices and our homes, and we would mark an X, right? So today is, today is Thursday, November the 4th, 2021. So I get to some point today and I'm going to put an X and great. I've, I've counted down another day. Now, instead, we're looking at our calendar app on our phone and we are looking forward to a date, a date when we don't report to work, a day when we're off, a day when our vacation begins, our holiday begins. We are, well, we're running towards something. You are what you do. You are what you do and you do what you think about. Well, at least at first, you keep thinking about it while you do it. And you keep doing it and you keep doing it because you want to do it. And maybe because you want to do it because you love it. Maybe you do it because you just enjoy it. Maybe you don't describe it as I don't, I don't love it, but I really enjoy it. Maybe you do it because you're good at it. Maybe you do it because you rather enjoy doing something that you're pretty good at. Maybe you do it because it's the best of all the alternatives. Is there a singular answer to all of this? Not likely because I wish life were that simple, but mostly it's not. It's pretty complicated. There's a ton of moving parts. We like what we like. We choose to do what we choose to do. And we are all likely running from some things and toward other things. I don't mean necessarily that we're hiding. I don't mean that we're running fearfully, although it's possible that we could be. 
Rather, I mean, sometimes we have to quit something in order to begin something different, hopefully something wiser, because this is leaning toward wisdom, hopefully something better, hopefully something that makes us better, that improves us, that provides for us an opportunity to grow. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write those words to the congregation at Philippi. The Apostle Paul, previously he's been known as Saul of Tarsus. He's a young man, probably in his 30s. He has grown up a devout Jew. He's been taught by the greatest rabbis of the day. He's well-educated. He's ambitious. He's articulate. He is highly esteemed in the Jewish community. He is destined for greatness in the Jewish faith, and he has also gained governmental authority to go and persecute Christians, because the ancient Jews, they saw Jesus as a threat to their way of life. They rejected Jesus as the Savior. They rejected him as the Messiah, largely because they misunderstood the Old Testament prophecies about him. They misunderstood the Old Testament prophecies about this coming Messiah. They thought the Savior would arrive. He would establish this earthly, physical kingdom, sit on a physical throne, and all of their problems would be solved. Instead, Christ came to establish a spiritual kingdom, the church, and he was not at all what they expected. He did not come with pomp and circumstance. He was poor. He was a carpenter's son. Saul, being a devout Jew, very faithful to his faith, he fought hard. He fought very hard against Christ and against the church that Christ had established. But then something happened. You can read it for yourself over in Acts chapter 9. Saul, with his entourage, is on his way to Damascus. He's going there. He's got letters in his hand authorizing him to persecute, to arrest, to imprison, to kill more Christians. But he's blinded on the road. A miracle occurs. Oh, the miracle doesn't save him, but the miracle does blind him. He goes on into town because that's what God told him to do. That's what the Lord told him to do. And he is converted, and he becomes a Christian when he is told, rise, be baptized. And he does so that his sins could be forgiven. In Acts chapter 9, verse 18, from that moment forward, He put behind him his prior prejudices, his prior beliefs, his prior convictions against Christ and the church. Now he's an apostle. Now he has willingly subjected himself to all the scorn, the ridicule, the persecution as a Christian himself. I mean, you talk about an about face. He didn't run from his past because he repeatedly acknowledged his past. He felt horrible for what he had done before, but he states it over and over. He did it in ignorance. He did it with a clear conscience. He thought he was doing the right thing until he learned he wasn't. 
and now he has clearly abandoned it. He's left that behind. He's not running from it in that he won't acknowledge it, but he's running from it in that that's not how he's behaving anymore. Now he is pressing on to do what? Well, he's spreading the gospel of Christ. He's doing the very thing that he was persecuting people for doing. He's leaving behind one thing. He's pressing forward in something else. It's what the Bible calls repentance. It's a change of heart that results in changing behavior. Spiritually, it's about leaving self-will behind and subjecting ourselves to God's will instead. But you know what? We can apply that concept of repentance to anything in our life. We can leave one job because, well, we want to pursue a better job, a different job. We can end a friendship. We might end a relationship in lieu of better ones, ones that aren't toxic. I am counting up on things that matter most. I became a Christian in the summer of 1968 when I was baptized. Next year, in 2022, in July, it will have been 54 years. I married my wife, Rhonda, in January of 1978. Next year, in 2022, on January the 2nd, Lord willing, we will celebrate our 44th wedding anniversary. Those are two important, well, they are the two most important milestones in my life. And I'm not counting down. I'm counting up. I'm counting up because these are points of pride. These are points of good feelings of accomplishment for me. These are important milestones for me. Oh, I know they don't mean anything to you, but I'm only using them to illustrate that sense of accomplishment. And I don't mean pride in the sense of arrogance or conceit. I mean, just genuine, honest, deep pride. These are two things I've gotten many, many things wrong, but these are two things that I got right. I'm counting down on some other things. I'm counting down on some things that also matter. They just don't matter nearly as much as God or my marriage. I'm counting down the time when I can make some personal and professional moves. And together, Rhonda and I are being strategic and thoughtful as we architect our answer to the question, what's the very next step we need to take? What's the very next step? I don't have to know what step two is or what step 57 is. I, I just need to know what's the next step because this much is certain together as a married couple, we are going to have to let go of some things in order to grab some other things. Go back, listen to the previous episode, listen to last week's episode where I talk about, you know, Rhonda was thinning the herd of our junk in our garage, right? Got to get rid of some stuff so that you can have something different, something better. In this case, it's saying goodbye to clutter and some stuff so that we could embrace improved organization, a cleaner space in this particular case in our garage, doing some decluttering, figuring out what's what. Figuring out what's what. That really seems to be the, the key to this, all, this whole thing. Prioritizing on the fly. It may be the most useful skill in all of this. Are you able to do that? Do you practice it? You know, I'm getting clearer all the time on what I care about most. God and faith have been the priority all of my life. 
have I always met the challenge as well as I could have or should have? No, absolutely not. Family is next. Have I always stepped up to that challenge as well as I could have or should have? No, absolutely not. Professional pursuits. They mean something. God and faith, family, professional pursuits that, that mean something. That pretty much is it for me these days. I mean, the older I get, I continue to tell people, anybody that'll listen, I, I'm about de, not decluttering. I am about that, but I'm about simplifying. Uh, the last thing I need or want is more complexity. The older I grow, the more binary it becomes because it's just much clearer for me than it has ever been before. And I think it just comes with age and experience and vision. I watch with curiosity as I see people pursue this and that and the other, because I know that really all I want to do is pursue this. <laughs> I just no longer care about that. And as far as the other, I, I'm not even thinking about the other anymore. I once did, but those days are behind me. It doesn't mean I'm circling the drain. I may be, but I'm just far enough in life that some of the things that seemed so important in my twenties, thirties, forties, and even fifties, I just don't care that much about them anymore. In fact, many of them, I don't care about them at all. And yes, sometimes it includes people. I'm running hard and fast from any kind of boss activity. Now I've been doing this for a good long while. I've been running hard and fast from this for a good long, I didn't always, when I was young, I was ambitious. I was super ambitious, wanted to be in charge. And it wasn't that I wanted to be the boss. It was that I really wanted my fingerprint on it. I really felt there's a better way to do this. Tyranny is not the best way to roll. And I needed to put that into practice. I needed to test that. And so I fought really hard to put myself in positions where I could test it. And I did. Turns out I was right. Tyranny doesn't work. <laughs> well, it can for a while, but it's not ideal. It's not the best way to roll. These days, I'm so disinterested in being a boss of any kind. I'm running hard and fast from pleasing people who are always critical. You've got people like this in your life. We've all got people in our life like this. Now, mostly I've always run from people like this. You know, the seriously judgmental, second guessing everybody's every move. But today I'm running hard and fast from it with more intensity and with more intentionality than I ever have before. And I know why time is limited time is limited. You want to spend your time with and around people like that? Yeah, not me neither. I'm running hard and fast from people in circumstances that erode my spiritual strength and my mental health. Now I, I gotta confess, I should have learned this much, much sooner. There there's just, there's too much of a, of a pleaser part of my DNA. And plus I'm sometimes a slow learner. But this is a real regret. I really should have leaned into this much, much sooner. I came to it, frankly, rather late in running hard and fast from people and situations and circumstances that 
drain, erode my spiritual strength and my mental health. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting more intentional about it. I'm running toward people and circumstances that I know fuel my spiritual strength and people that strengthen my mental fortitude. Now, again, something I should have done years ago with greater focus, but right. Better late than never. Right. I'm running toward service and legacy. That was the Genesis of this entire podcast, leaning toward wisdom. This was started 20 years ago to document things that might be helpful. Things that I was recording at the time, mostly for my high school age kids and thinking, well, you know, one day when I'm gone, they can click play and might be helpful, might not. And along the way, well, you came along and boy, am I thankful. You know, I'm disinterested in dying so that people can say, well, you know, he always had to be right or he always was right. Instead, I am mostly concerned with folks saying he was helpful. He was helpful. He made a positive difference during a time when I needed it most. That's boy. That's the, that's the oomph for me. I'm running toward fixing my weaknesses so that they can be just less problematic. I don't want to fixate on them because I don't want to occupy all of my time, but I do want to minimize their negative impact. I need to make them less effective. And at the same time, I'm running toward strengthening my strong points so I can leverage those more efficiently, more effectively. Soar with your strengths and all that. I've got three verbs. Uh, I'm looking over here to my right, sitting here behind my computer inside the yellow studio, and I've got three verbs that have been written on this whiteboard for, I don't know, for as long as I can remember. In fact, you know what? They may be on this whiteboard. It's a, it's a whiteboard, so it's erasable writers, but man, these three words may have been on that board so long that they might be hard to erase. You ever left anything on your whiteboard so long? It was, yeah, me too. But these three words represent what I most want for myself and what I most want for my content, a hundred percent of it, including this podcast and any other podcast or any other writing that I do, any other media I produce. These represent what I most want to produce for anybody who pays attention to what I do. I would include in here, by the way, any sermons. You want to hear any of those? You'll find them. Go to inthypaths.com, inthypaths.com. Here are the three words. Feel, and then there's an arrow going to the next word think, and then there's an arrow to the next word, do, feel, think, and do. And I was very intentional with those three words whenever I wrote this on the whiteboard, which I guarantee was well over a year ago. That seems to me to be the sequence of things. I'm until I feel something, I, that's probably going to drive what I'm going to think about it which in turn is going to drive, am I going to do anything about it? To help us feel something, to help us think about something, and to help us do something. There's the objective. Above those words in really big letters, in fact, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a picture of this. I'll post it 
here at the website. Just go to leaningtowardwisdom.com. Are you counting down or counting up? You'll find the episode. And the whiteboard says this. Spend your time figuring out how, and then in big, bold, this is all handwritten on a whiteboard. Spend your time figuring out how, and then in big, big, bold letters to make the biggest difference, exclamation mark. Spend your time. This is a message to myself. This is my sermon to myself. Spend your time figuring out how to make the biggest difference. Daisies blooming. That's my story. I already told you today was Thursday, November the 4th, 2021. It's episode 20, season 2021. You'd have thought I'd have recorded a few more episodes than that. I, I have recorded a couple of special episodes, so it probably is technically more like episode 23 or so. Yeah, but we're calling it episode 20. You know, until some new ideal outcome enters my world, you have just heard my world. You counting down, you counting up. And I don't think it's a one or the other. I think for most of us, it's, it's a rather simultaneous thing. It's what the Apostle Paul wrote about, about his own past as a persecutor of the church and now an apostle for the church in the first century. Putting some things behind you, pressing on toward other things. It's called growth. It's called improvement. It's called not being stuck. That's no place to be. Feel, think, do. Spend your time figuring in, figuring out how to make the biggest difference. That's mine. It may be yours too. If you're listening to me and you're any kind of a regular listener to the podcast, it probably, I'm guessing, is a little bit how you roll too. That's the great thing about this podcasting thing. It provides a way for birds of a feather to flock together. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. But miles to go, so let's just break this down to the simplest truth. You and I.